even with the best of intentions and even with the greatest of hearts, if you are not committing to facing yourself in totality, shadow and light, if you're not doing that shadow work, even if you have great intentions, you are inevitably bringing messy energy into the space. Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. This is a special intro. I'm here with Allison Charles. Insert clap track. Crowd goes wild. <laughs> Everybody's raving. I know, Ellie. I've been literally waiting for your book to come out for you a and long me time. both. <laughs> <laughs> you and me. Yeah. Wow. So, just to give the listeners a little bit of context, Ellie and I recorded the podcast that you're about to listen to months, <laughs> months ago. Lifetimes so, ago. Uh, do you want to just tell everybody kind of where what happened in our transition here? Yes, a lot seemed to take place. So in a nutshell, I received the news not long before Animal Power Book was to be born out into planet Earth in physical form that due to the ever-shifting, evolving times that we live in, that my book was stuck on boats and in ports around the world and unable to arrive to where it needed to arrive to. So uh, we had to do a six-month push, which many people in the book industry had never heard of, but I just, of course, tapped into trust because what else can you do? And I really did, though, feel a knowingness that this was obviously happening for a reason. There was a different divine timing timeline that was trying to take place. And so, yeah, I waited and kind of put some things on pause, but I continued to share about it as much as I could on, on shows. And But here we are. Now, now we have arrived. We have transitioned through those six months. And not only do I have Animal Power Book, but now at this point, I also have the card deck. So. Oh! <laughs> ah. Yeah, yeah. So a lot has happened. Um, so yeah, Animal Power Book is officially out March 1st. I have my uh, release party here in Austin, Texas on March 3rd. And and she's ready to be born. She's ready to be born. And you guys are listening. It is March 2nd today. You're getting this. Uh, so the book has been out for maybe not even 24 hours. Wow, exciting. Fresh. And um, yes, There's very still fresh. afterbirth on her. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> so good. So I'm excited. I think that there was so much that I learned from this episode personally, and just being able to have the book in my hand is something so incredible. And one of the ways that I've been using, I've been using it is I can just open it and whatever it comes up that day, whatever animal I open it to, that's sort of the energy that I try and carry throughout the day. So that's just one way that I've been using it. And I'm, I'm so excited to hear how everybody else will be using it. So yeah, thank you so much, Ali. I'm so excited. Congratulations again. I know how hard you worked on this. I know how long it's been and you really put your heart and energy into it. And I'm excited for everybody to read it. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely gave everything I could on a mind, body, spirit, soul level. And thank you again for sharing your dragonfly medicine story. I turn to that page just organically, intuitively a lot. I, I work with the book similarly to you. I start every morning at my altar with it and just call in the animal who most wants to send a message or loving support to me and just open it up. And uh, yeah, I, I too am excited to hear what other people's voyages are with it because 
it's truly a co-creation. I definitely don't take full credit for this book. As we talk about in the interview, the animals came to me and anchored into Great Spirit and Great Mother Earth to have this happen. Uh, with all that being said, I myself get moved very deeply by working with it. So that's maybe the thing I'm most excited about is just to hear now that people will be getting it in the mail and being able to go into stores and getting it, just what happens within their own lives through the medicine that it holds. So thank oh. you for helping me share the word about it. Absolutely. I love it. And thank you all for listening. And here is our conversation. Welcome back to Radically Loved. I am so excited to be here today at Mod Pods Satellite Studio adjacent. Um, I'm joined by a very special guest today. And not only is she one of my dearest and closest besties, but she is the number one best selling author. And she is just here to share her wisdom and knowledge and her medicine. Please welcome my friend, Allison Charles, Rockstar Shaman, into the house. First of all, uh, I'm, I was trying really hard before we even started this podcast to like go into my professional phase, but it's just not going to happen. I mean, I, I, I am right now just for the purposes of what we're doing, but I, I just, I don't know that the audience, the listeners know that we're like, we're like ride or die friends. I was literally hearing the phrase <laughs> ride or die in my head as you said it. I know I just have this permanent like plastered ear to ear smile on my face. I have, I just can't help it when I hear your voice, when the intro is going, I was just so soothed by your by your tone of your voice and the energy that you um, send out. And I just love you so much. So thank you for having me back on. Yes, I definitely want to link the last conversation that we had to the info button of the podcast so people can check out that conversation that was super enlightening. And for people to really get to know your story and how you got here and the trials and tribulations that you've experienced to get into a state of awakening into a state of healing into a state of becoming a teacher because as much as I want to talk about that right now I really want our focus to be on this incredible work of art this incredible um, collection of stories from all over the world the inspiration behind this book because as a spectator I was able to see it all happen from beginning to end and it was I have to say uh, without getting you know too emotional, that it was such an inspiring process to see you and to experience experience you going through. Um, you know, people often don't think about the work that goes into writing a book or creating something that's so near to your heart, something that you really stand by out into the world. Most of the time, people have these ideas and sometimes they just never come to fruition. But the fact that you were able to put all of that energy in and this collection of incredible stories, I was fortunate to get an advanced um, copy of the book and it's just, it's so beautiful. So I know I said a lot, but I'd like to start. Um, I actually really want to know how you're feeling right now. I mean, all yeah. of that work that you did, like, I just want to know what it <laughs> feels like for you to have your, your, your baby be born and, and enjoyed by everybody. I mean, I'm, I'm very much still in it, even just hearing your reflection of, you know, what it was like being one of my closest friends, because yeah, you and Sahara Rose, and of course, Luke, my husband, um, you know, you guys oh, were, were very much privy to the whole process. I mean, because there were so many deep initiations and really incredible um, medicinal challenges that I needed to face and overcome because as you know, my biggest thing in walking the spiritual and or shamanic path is all about integrity and embodiment. And so that obviously carries over into anything that I do and all of my offerings. And this book is truly the greatest labor of divine love of my entire career. So what ended up happening 
was there could not be any one sentence or phrase held within Animal Power book that I wasn't truly fully landed in myself or embodied with myself. And so um, thank God I had been on the path for about a decade before it was even time for this book to start to come out into the world. So I'd done so much anguishing deep work, but you know, there were still fires to walk through. So it was a very miraculous yet grueling process. So now to have it like here in my hands and to be holding it, and I just held it for the first time a, a couple of weeks ago, it's um it's very powerful. And I have to say, uh, to see other people holding it and to just observe, you know, I give them their space, obviously, but just to watch how they move through the book and where they pause and the experiences, because it's a living, breathing medicine book, as you know, and so it's yeah. very activated and very powerful. So to watch them have a, a, a really big experience with it. And for the first time last week, I got to sit with the family. Um, Albert and Devon are close friends here in, in Austin. They have two little boys. So I got to see kids for the first time interact with it. So it's just every, every time I see someone holding it, it's, it's incredibly moving. Wow. I, and I just can't, I've not actually touched it. I'm, I'm waiting, you know, to actually have it in my hands. And, and that's another really exciting um, milestone that I'm looking forward to experiencing. I want to just go back a little bit um, to the importance of working with animal medicine, because as you know, my grandmother is, uh, she's very much connected to nature, to animals and when I told her that you were doing this, you know, and my grandma's very, uh, she's very devout. She's also very into the esoteric. And she said, wow, this is going to be so powerful and so healing for so many people. Mm. And I just knew, I mean, obviously just knowing that the intention behind it, how true it is. So just to give the listeners a little bit more insight um, working with animals and the types, the type of energy or transmissions that you can get with working with animals, the importance of working with animals. And for you as a shaman, how has that helped light your way on your own path? Oh my Lord. And, uh, and truly endless ways already. Uh, you know, they were the first spiritual guides who entered in after I had that life-changing day that was simultaneously my divine intervention and spiritual awakening moment. And when my veil lifted and I got, you know, in a very hardcore way, snapped out of all the denial and illusion that I had previously been living in and changed the course of my life, I decided then and there that I would completely devote to my healing and heed the messages and directives of the unseen realms. And of course, the own wisdom within my being, mind, body, spirit, soul. And so when those directives started to come in, I was instantly sent. Now, I, I didn't set out on a quest to become a shaman. I know you know that, but just for anyone new to me and my work, I just set out on a quest to heal myself because let me tell you, when that veil lifted, I was not at all who I thought I was. And in wanting to heal and whole, I was being um, shown that I needed to work with different shamans and my aunt being one of them. And during that soul retrieval session, that's when my power animal guide started to come in. That's when I first understood that my core power animal, the one that's with me my entire life was the black jaguar. And then there were three supporter power animals that entered to help me specifically through that passageway of my life. There was beer, beer, the beer, <laughs> the beer. <laughs> That's a, new, that one. that's a new modern, yeah, <laughs> bear, the bear, deer and frog. Um, and so the bear really helped me learn how to surrender and let go and gave me that grounding, stabilizing support because everything got turned upside down at that time in my life. And the frog came in to take me into healing emotional waters and to finally feel emotions that I had never let myself feel, including anger, rage, confusion, um, you know, a lot of pretty hardcore stuff. Uh, 
And also the one other cool thing I love about frog is that it represents leaps of faith and it can only leap forward. So it's, it was the medicine of not letting me go back into that abusive um, previous relationship. And then deer, that's a very significant one um, that weaves into this day. Deer is the path of the heart. And while it's gentle medicine, it's also really fierce and potent because the deer would not let me shut my heart down. And it kept urging me to do all that I needed to do to keep it open and receptive to love. And, you know, taking a very long story, a very powerful story down to like a couple sound bites, uh, the deer has been with me pretty much for the past decade in aiding me and doing that heart healing work. And she showed up in a big way and bringing my now sacred partner, Luke story and I together. I mean, it's, it's the totem of uh, a very powerful plant medicine, grandfather peyote. And it was through a sacred weekend peyote ceremony that Luke and I realized we were not supposed to be friends. And um, we actually ended up getting unexpectedly married in a teepee. And so, I mean, that's just a really quick example of the power of what animals can do for your life. <laughs> wow. Yes. So I, I want to ask just some questions for people that might, this might be the first time they're hearing about working with animals. I hear people a lot of the time might think of something like this is my spirit animal or they they might have a connection to a certain type of animal so how does that how does that work you know like do do people get to choose what their totem is what their what their yeah what their animal is or is this something that I know I know what my story is and I'll, I'll share it afterward you answer this question but yeah. Like how does that work? How do people choose? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a really supportive foundational question. That's an important one. And there's a few different ways. Um, I mean, of course there are infinite ways in which animals can show up for us, but there are three ways that they typically do. Um, I always advise, uh, especially if you're trying to unite and meet for the very first time with your core power animal. And again, that's the one that is with you from the time you incarnate here on earth through the entire duration of your life, it walks beside you and holds supportive healing space for you your entire life. But then there are other power animal guides and allies that come in because every single animal represents different healing traits, wisdom teachings, healing attributes. So depending upon what medicine your soul most needs, depending upon what you're going through in life, that's why different animals come in and out to give you the support that you need need. So if you're, if you've never met your core animal, really the only way I advise you to do that is to go into a guided shamanic journey with a trusted shaman, because that gives you the opportunity to meet the animal yourself, to ask it questions, to really connect with it, because it really is one of the most sacred experiences you can have in life. And then, you know, you need to be mindful because it, it goes both ways. It's not just the animal's job to, you know, show up and to help us. We have to be consciously aware that they're presenting and we have to invite and allow their medicine in. So they may try to show up in your dreams. So I advise keeping a, you know, a dream journal next to your bed and a pen. And if in the middle of the night you realize, you know, you are having a dream about leeches or koala bears, whatever it is, you know, make note of that. And then it becomes your responsibility the next day to lean in and to look up an animal power book. You know, what are the teachings of the leech? Why is it showing up for me? And then you can also call an animal for, and that's one of the uh, purposes of why I wanted to write this guidebook is because once you start to get to know the different medicine traits that each animal has, you can consciously call them forward. So let's say in your morning meditation, you know that that day you're entering into a big business meeting and you want to be like so grounded and rooted in your power and have extra strength. And you know that rhinoceros could be a really helpful ally for you. You can call the rhino in in your meditation and like really invite it to give you that grounded power while you're facing all of your business colleagues and pitching a new idea or whatever it is. So those are some examples of how it works. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I know that you do a lot of this work, you do events, you've got courses, you, you have, 
guided uh, meditations out there for people if you're listening or you're watching. Uh, and let's just, can I, can we just put the, those of you that are watching, can we just look at this cover? Because mm -hmm. I, animal power is extremely powerful. And again, those of you watching the video can see how, I mean, to me, I, I know how much work went behind Years. this entire process. So I, I love that. And, and so why this, this is one of your, your power animals. Well, not? it's just so funny. Yeah. It, it, but it was never, you know, there's 100 books. So yeah. And I know power. that it wasn't intended, but yes, yeah. go on, go on. Yes. It just so happened that my core power animal, the black jaguar ended up on the cover. So it's animal power, 100 animals to energize your life and awaken your soul. And in the book, every single one of the 100 animals has a full page of embodied, bright, vibrant, medicinal artwork. Yes. And it truly, you know, I mean, that was a, that was a whole other journey in itself of course, was selecting the artist who I knew I could trust to make sure the animals embodied the teachings and the energies properly. And then to go through, you know, him sending the rough drafts and making notes and tweaks and color changes and, and all of that through the creation of all 100 and then tuning in, you know, it wasn't just, you know, it was myself and my publishing team and my literary agent, you know, all this really feeling into which one transmits just that greatest oomph to the cover. And it just so happens after feeling our way through all 100 black Jaguar, it was, you know, I was like, yeah. oh, this is perfect how it worked out that way. Yes. And again, I think it's so such powerful medicine to be able to um, to take in, you know, I I'm obviously biased because you're one of my best friends and I want to share this with the world. But I also contributed a story in in the book and. I, my totem or power animal has always been the dragonfly and uh, I, I tell the story in the book of why and how that came to be, but to, and if you want to know the story just briefly, uh, you can read more when you get the book. Um, since I was little, it's been something that has shown up for me that has this resonating connection. Uh, when I was little, the experience was, um, there was some kids and they had captured a dragonfly and they had tied a string to it and they were essentially torturing this, this dragonfly. And I remember being so devastated and so uh, I, I was in so much pain physically. I can physically feel the pain that this poor, uh, that this poor dragonfly was going through. And I think about it, I'm like, it's still definitely very present in my cellular makeup. But ever since that moment, anytime I see a dragonfly, it just always reminds me of resilience, um, possibility, potential. Uh, what is the actual, um, what is what is the power behind dragonfly? Can you share with us? Absolutely. I mean, it is those essences that you just named along with adaptability, which for your personal story that you share in the book, it is all encompassing around adaptability. You were at the biggest turning point in your life when dragonfly showed up for you. It also represents mysticism and magic and the element of water, ease, grace, and truth. Those are some of the big keywords for it. Yeah. What animal has been coming up for you as of late? Ah, recently, honestly, it's the whale. She just showed up the second that you asked again, too. And she's not been a real common one for me, to be honest. You know, um, like I said, deer has been with me for over a decade, black jaguar my whole life. I have really significant experiences with the bat and the owl and the leech and, um, you know, so many, the crow. But yeah, what's been coming up recently with this urging that great spirit has really been placing right in the center of my heart is, um, you know, reminding people, especially right now of the incredibly deep importance of facing your blind spots and doing shadow work right now and cleaning up your side of the street. You're, you're giving me an amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. 
It's that phrase, it's time to clean up your side of the street. And it's our responsibility to do that. No one can do that work for us, but ourselves. And so right now it's imperative just because, I mean, for a million reasons, but just one of them being, there's just so much fogginess and distortion and noise and, and disruption in the ethers. I mean, pretty much every energetic layer of earth life right now is just filled with so much and so it's, it's really important to face ourselves and to do the deep work that many people put off their whole lives. And it's only through facing um, those wounds and those what feel like scary aspects of ourselves that we can get into true liberation and wholeness and, and get to understand our divine power. So the whale, if you think about it, I mean, first of all, it's, it can be just such a massive intimidating being right yeah. and that's oftentimes what how shadow work feels it can feel just so huge and scary but this whale sings the most incredible ancient mystical songs and sounds and i urge everyone to you know even if it's going on a youtube video of whale songs it mm -hmm. will open your heart it's so powerful yeah. And the last little thing I'll share about it is, you know, whale is an incredibly loving guide to just guide us down into those deepest, darkest ocean waters, you know, taking you into those terrains and areas within yourself um, that you have been avoiding and, and really finally putting in the work. So whale is here right now for everyone. So if this is resonating with you and you're just like, oh gosh, I know I need to um, do some healing work and I need to really look at some behaviors that I know are holding myself back or hurtful or harmful to myself or others, you can call upon whale to be with you and to support you and to give you strength as you face that stuff. Yeah, thank you, Ellie, for saying that. I was, one of the questions that I wanted to ask was if you could not assign, but suggest an animal for all of the listeners and everybody uh, to meditate on or to work with, would it be different than whale? Hmm, I'll feel in. I mean, whale shows up very strongly and, and present, but let me see if there's another one. There's actually quite a bit of bird medicine too, um, the stork and the owl, because uh, I'm sorry, not the stork, the seagull, because when you think of seagulls, anytime you're at the beach, they're the ones going around and cleaning up all the trash. They tidy up, they clean up. And then the owl, <laughs> they tidy, they tidy the, the stuff up, girl. And <laughs> it's so true though. They, they clean up. They do. And, and then the owl is just such, oof, it's, um, it's a deep one. That is a very mystical power animal. And if you think about it, oftentimes it looks like they can have the ability to turn their heads all the way around 360 degrees. Typically it's not quite that far, but they represent facing, looking, getting out of delusion and, and out of illusion and into truth and awakening um, spiritual abilities and psychic gifts. Yes. Oh, I love that. Please, more psychic gift awakening. I love my smile, but what I don't love is all the toxic ingredients in most dental care products. They're not good for my health or my teeth, and I want the best for my oral health. I want to use products made with natural ingredients that help my smile, not harm it. That's why I use Lumino. Lumino uses purposeful and uncompromising ingredients like sea salt, aloe, and coconut oils to clean and brighten your smile. Plus, everything they make is certified non-toxic. You won't find any harsh bleaches, artificial dyes, or alcohol in any of the Lumino products. Everything they make is dentist-formulated, backed by over 50 studies, and proven to protect the good bacteria in your smile, also known as microbiome. Lumino whitening strips are super effective and perfect for sensitive teeth like mine. It only takes 30 minutes to apply and you'll see results in seven days, making for an incredible before and after. And as I said in the beginning, I love to smile and I feel so much happier and safer using products that I know are helping my health as opposed to harming it. You can find Lumino on Amazon.com and get $7 off today. That's L-U-M-I-N-E-U-X, a gentle reminder that it's spelled with an X. So you can X out the harm. Lumino, dedicated to illuminating better ideas in oral care. You mentioned something earlier that I wanted to uh, 
dig into just, just, just a little bit. Um, this, this concept that we, and I'm saying we, I'm putting myself in there. Uh, I think we could all do with some looking into the shadows of our being, Mm -hmm. uh, at times, I feel like, I know we're transitioning to a different topic, but it's something that we've talked about, you know, me, you, and, and, you know, Sahara and with some of our friends about people out here in the world, sort of, um, pontificating these different types of elevated, enlightened teachings that are still themselves, maybe not fully integrating Mm -hmm. those teachings. And I, I say that because I'm still very much a student and to be very clear to me, it's something that, uh, it annoys me and it actually makes me very angry and agitated because I'm very triggered by people who aren't actually being living in integrity. And I think I'd really just love to hear what your insights are and feel free to, you know, share as much or as little as you want. I'm just curious, um, what your as a teacher, what you see happening and what you think can't, could help the situation get better. And so I'll, I'll explain the issue that I see. So the issue that I see is people are not out there integrating the teachings. They're not really integrating what they're learning, whether it be they're on a spiritual path and say that they're working with some of these uh, power animals and they're not really giving themselves the time to integrate. This is something that I really admire about you and, and love about you and look up to is the fact that you've been doing this for 20 plus years. You are a person of integrity. You are somebody that really shows up as a teacher that is fully grounded, that is not afraid of doing the work. That's not afraid of calling themselves out. Like you really are somebody, uh, one of the only people that I know in, in this space that actually shows up, uh, authentically and honestly, and that's not the case, unfortunately for everybody, you know? And I think, I guess my question now that I've given a little bit more context to you is, yeah, like where, what are the blind spots in your opinion without picking on people? Because we both know plenty of people that I'm, I'm talking in general terms, but there are specific people we can name out, but that's beside the point. And I feel like that's me getting in my judginess. So I'm going to refuse to do that. Um, but yeah, so I know I said a lot. I'm sorry. I'm sure there's a question in there. No, it's good. There's a lot of medicine in that sharing. And I was downloads coming in left and right. I was like, I had my notebook here to keep track of all the information coming in. I mean, okay. So a couple of things, number one, um, you know, I am so glad I learned early on and, and look, being an embodied teacher is not about being perfect. It's, I think that's one of the reasons I have been so astute with doing the integrating and embodying. It's because I realize first and foremost, that this is earth school. It's an infinite evolutionary path. And yes, I'm a shaman, but I embrace and revere my human side just as much as I do my shaman side. And so I enter into this space understanding and knowing there will forever be lessons and things to face and things to work through and infinite ways within myself to evolve. And so right there, I've given myself a permission slip that I don't need to pretend. I don't need to act a certain way. I don't need to... I mean, because what is perfectionism anyways? It's not a real attribute of anything. It's just this, whatever, this false, uh, false revered concept. So there's that. I I have given myself this permission slip. And the other thing is I, you know, exhaustively for many, many years would do integrity checks. And so Um, I mean, that could be done in a wide array of examples, 
But, um, you know, anything that might come up, even, you know, for a while, even like trolls on the internet who have never even met me for a second in my life for a while, when they would say things, I would investigate and explore. For years, I did that because I thought, you know what, maybe I'm in a blind spot. And even though this person does not know me personally and has never met me, maybe they're seeing something that I don't. And now being on this path for so long, I'm much more in a place where like I am so fully dialed into the truth of who I am that I don't have to exhaustively do that stuff as much anymore. But I devoted to that work. I devoted to really examining and chewing through things and facing things. And what that did in me doing that hard work for so many years was every single time at the end of me, like pondering and looking and examining at that piece of possibility and moving my way through that portal and entering into that kind of scary cave, it dropped me and landed me even more fully into my divine truth and power every single time. I remembered even more deeply the truth of who I am. The other thing that I will say is that, and this is where it can get into those scary waters where we do have teachers out there um, that aren't perhaps holding really safe, sacred space or that are um, not really embodied, it's because we can be the best intentioned person or teacher and we can have a really great, good heart. However, even with the best of intentions, and even with the greatest of hearts, if you are not committing to facing yourself in totality, shadow and light, if you're not doing that shadow work, even if you have great intentions, you are inevitably bringing messy energy into the space. It's truly Oof. inevitable because you're not tending to your unconscious you're not tending to your blind spots and your and your darker aspects of yourself. So if you're not constantly looking over there into the corners and seeing what what feels like scary gremlins are creeping around back there, they're going to keep creeping around and you're going to be moving and teaching and operating from a place of unconsciousness. And that is very, very dangerous territory, especially when you're a teacher and holding space for others who are trying to heal. Yes. Oh God, that's so, it's so true. And a little follow-up question is, is it important? What's your feeling? Is it important to have people in your life to help point those things out? Because I feel like sometimes you're, you're very, I mean, personally, obviously I know you as a person, you're very good at acknowledging and, and knowing when those, those, those places are there, you call them out. You're like, I can, there is something happening right here. I feel it. Yeah. And I think that the more you get attuned to this path and self-awareness and being more uh, conscious, yes, you will start to feel when those things happen, but what about for people that maybe can't um, can't see that or or don't feel it? What, what's a good way to begin to uh, get attuned to that? Yeah, I mean, oftentimes when you're operating from um, a pain body aspect in you, or if you're operating from um, like a neuro pathway that got developed from a former traumatic moment, um, you know, you will, you will oftentimes find your reaction to a situation being, um, incredibly elevated or exaggerated. Anytime you feel just something overcoming your entire body or being, it's just really important to, um, you know, not beat yourself up over it and be with the process, but to also be honest with yourself and be aware like, huh, this person said this or did this, but this is my reaction and response. And it feels like there's something else in the texture of this. Mm -hmm. Could there be something going on within myself, um, a, an old wound or trauma that hasn't been fully um, transmuted or, or healed? So there was that. And 
Yes, I think it is really important. You know, the irony is that, uh, you know, the people that I have in my life who have given me permission to call out blind spots are the people that have the fewest. And so I'm like, you know what I mean? It's like you, Sahara, Luke, Ksenia, you know, there, you know, there's, you know, some close friends of mine, they're like, Allie, like, I know you've got to get a seer gift with this. If you ever see anything, tell me. And I'm like, you guys are the ones where it shows up the least because you guys all put in the work as well. Um, But yes, I think if you're, um, if you can sense that, because you can feel even as you and I are having this conversation, there's a resonance and there's a peace within you that's just talking and moving enough inside of you where you're like, I'm, I'm supposed to do this work. And so, yeah, I think if there's a trusted person, um, you know, who has done some healing work and on, on the spiritual path themselves, just letting them know like, Hey, I'm being called into doing some greater shadow work and blind spot work. Has there been anything recently or is there ever Ever been a time where it's come up where you think that there is a pattern or behavior or way within me that's actually bringing more pain into my life than liberation? Or, you know, because that tends to be um, the the pattern is when you tend to find yourself in a cycle of suffering or anguish or pain that just seems to perpetuate. That's a big sign that you're in pain body and need to do some shadow work. Yeah. I mean, that's what, what great, um, I want to say prerequisites. Those are the prerequisites to doing some shadow work. I think giving people, um, a detailed, even physiological account of what to expect or when to know that something's amiss is really great because, yeah, like sometimes I, I often forget that this isn't uh, not everybody is doing this kind of work. And I'm often reminded the minute that I get to spend time with my family, <laughs> you know, or I, or I get to hang out with some of my my other friends that might not be uh, doing this kind of work. And it, it, it's interesting what you say, because what we tell ourselves is so powerful. And I think if we have an intention of changing something, then it'll change. And I I love the fact that we're bringing up outside counsel because I mean, for many years, I went, I've been going to therapy since I was 12 years old. I mean, on and off, you know, and I remember being at that age and I had to go to anger management when I was a teenager. And, uh, after that, I, in my mind, I told myself, oh, I'm a, somebody at one point or another called me a rageaholic mm. and that stayed with me. And so I just, I took it on as uh, a characteristic. I am a rageaholic. And I just kept that story going for many, many years until I got to a place when I was working with um, a, a spiritual counselor that when I said this out loud, to him, he said, why, why do you, why are you saying that about yourself? As I was explaining sort of what was my issue. And I'm like, well, I'm a rageaholic. And he just kind of looked at me and was inquisitive. Why do you, is that true? He started a Byron Katie me. Is that true? Is that real? Is that really true? Who are you without this belief? Mm-hmm. Now turn it around and instantly I realized, wow, this is a story I've been telling myself for many years of this shadow aspect of myself that I thought was very prevalent that actually isn't there. So I, I love what you're saying about being able to feel it yourself, because I think had I had the foresight to really inquire within, just like you're saying, I don't know that I would have felt that. I don't know that that would have actually rang true to my being, because instantly when somebody asked me about it, I was able to reflect and say, oh, I guess I'm not a rageaholic. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not who I am. That's not part of my makeup. It was something that somebody told me at one point and I decided to hold on to it as a belief. So yeah. um, thank you for saying that. I just, 
Uh, I just love you so much. Well, I love you so much too. And I think, you know, let's continue to open up the doorway of permission and remind us we can change anything at any time, you know, that's, we can evolve and, and, and grow. And it would be a perfect opportunity if all of this is speaking to you. Um, You know, for me, I sit at my altar every morning before I even get out of bed. I'm asking my heart questions and really tuning into the energetics of my, myself, mind, body, spirit, soul. But, you know, whatever practice you have, even if, I don't know, you're not a daily meditator, you can just let whoever it is you speak to. For me, I connect directly into great mother earth and great spirit. That's where the name rock star shaman comes from. And whether it's source, universe, God, goddess, whatever, archangels, let them know that, you know, you're, you're really ready to allow yourself to be guided in the most loving way into these most deepest healing waters. And you will be shown like every single little fragment and thread about myself that needed to have work done. I was shown what modality, what practice, what method, what teacher, where I needed to go. And, um, but it's the two way thing of communicating your readiness and then being consciously aware of what guidance comes in. Yes, Allie, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that answered the question that I had asked you about integrating teachings and actually really being able to walk the walk, so to speak. Yeah, the last thing I'll say about that is, is, I mean, it's just a tiny little wool duh, but it's just like, often people forget. So yeah, if you're sitting in healing ceremonies, it doesn't is not necessarily I'm not speaking always of plant medicine ceremonies. I mean, it can be like endless things. But if you're sitting in a ritual or healing space, and you have a download, you have a realization about yourself of a, of a pattern and behavior that you want to change, you know, oftentimes people will receive that information in those spaces and they might remember, but then once they get out of the ceremony, they just go back to living their life. And, you know, the whole point of sitting in reverence and sacredness in a respectful way in these healing energies, especially, yeah, if you're working with plant medicines, these are generous, powerful teachers that are generously coming in to help you amplify, empower, and heal yourself in your life. And so it becomes our duty. If we're going to enter into communing with the, in this space, you need to then change your life based upon the information you've received. So it might seem again, like a dull moment, but you'd be surprised. A lot of people get the light bulb, but then just carry on. You're supposed to get the light bulb and then for weeks after that ceremony journal and ask yourself questions like, how can I actually implement this change into my life? How can I change based upon the information I've gotten? Yeah. Don't just decide that this is the only way to do it. And you're just trying to do ceremonies like every, every week without actually having to do the work that showed up for you. Mm-hmm. Um, my opinion, sorry. I mean, what she said is just, I mean, that's complete. Um, the name of the book is called animal power, 100 animals to energize your life and awaken your soul. And I want to be respectful of your time. And I, I do have one final question to ask you, but before I do that, where can everybody go for more information and to buy the book? Yeah, the best place to get the book is at my website. My name's spelled a little unique. It's Allison, A-L-Y-S-O-N, allisoncharles.com, that backslash animal power. And that page, you can get animal power anywhere books are sold. But if you go to my website to get it, there's all these options, whether it's Amazon or independent bookstores. And then right below that, you can get sent to yourself a free video guided shamanic journey for you to meet the power animal who most wants to support you right now. So I facilitate that journey. It's completely free. I thought what there's no better thank you gift for those who purchased the book than that. Um, so you can get that again at allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. And we will put all of those links in the show notes. And if you're watching this video, which I hope you are, just go to the description below and all of those links that Ali just mentioned will be there as well as all of her social handles. Okay. Final question. 
I wonder if this is different than this answer is going to be different than the last time we chatted. Hmm. Um, so, you know, why I started the podcast, you know what this is all about. So how do you feel radically loved? Uh, huh. Okay. You know, the, what kind, what came up is a concept and I'll, and I'll make it brief, but I just, especially in the last year and a half or two, have had the most profound realization um, that provided me such deep reflection. You know, before my awakening, I really was defining success in a lot of external ways, a lot of ways outside of myself. You know, um, I th as I think I might have shared in our first, my first time being on your show, you know, I'm a former national champion athlete and, you know, used to be a top rated hip hop radio show host. So I like, you know, was winning, right. And I'm doing the air quotes, winning in all of these ways, like the best at this and the top at this and the number one rated in this. Um, but I'm just honestly, what brings me the greatest joy when it comes to being radically loved is the fact that now my greatest definition of success is the fact that I am truly embodied with and can truly hold a space of unconditional love for all others. And it took me a long time in the path on the path of like reconciling when people, like I said before, trolls and people who had never met me would, you know, maybe say hurtful things. And in years of working on that piece in the last couple of years, I truly got to the place where when that happens, I can, from an embodied place, sit at my altar and send that place true love and healing and truly pray for the best for them. And the fact that I got through there through many years of work, I'm like, wow, when someone asks me, what is your greatest success? It's the fact that I can truly do that. And um, also unconditionally love myself as I grow and evolve as well. Wow. Thank you. Best answer of the year for sure. <laughs> Ali, thank you so much. I, I love you obviously to the moon. And again, I'm, you know, it's like, it's such a hard thing for me to say I'm proud of something. Cause it's like, I don't, you don't need anybody's validation. I don't need anybody's validation, but I'm really, I'm so proud of you. I, I truly am. I'm so honored to be your friend. I'm honored to be a part of this uh, this incredible body of work. And I'm, I'm so excited to to see how it's received out in the world and to see everybody really work with these animals. So thank you again so much for doing this. And uh, those of you listening, uh, please support a female author, get the book. Thank you all so much. And um, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast, and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.